Good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. All right, hope you're doing well this morning. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? Glad that you are here today. Uh, for those of you I don't know, I'm Todd, and uh, we're, we're in for a treat today. I want to introduce to you uh, a couple of our global partners as uh, we're kind of ending, actually, today, this series called Think Global. Global. <laughs> Think Global. That's a new word I just created. <laughs> uh, but this is uh, Leanne and Clint Trebesh, and uh, they are with the Navigators uh, at Georgia State. So why don't you give them a warm welcome this morning. We are glad to have you guys here. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, we are in a series uh, that we've entitled Think Global. And uh, my point and kind of my goal and my prayer for this whole series uh, has been uh, from the beginning that we would uh, really kind of widen our lens um, in terms of the way that we think and, and see uh, global missions. And I think that sometimes there's this kind of locked-in idea of what we think it is and uh, maybe quite different uh, than that. And so that's been my goal uh, in this particular message series uh, as we've walked through it. And just uh, as a way of review, of course, you can go to our website and uh, go uh, to our messages, Hilton Head Island CC slash messages, and you can get all of those messages there. Uh, but uh, just as a way of review, uh, we have walked through the series over the past four weeks, and today we bring it to conclusion. In week one, uh, we had our first missions partner, our global missions partner, uh, with No Hungry Children, uh, Brandon and Kim Smith. And uh, they are uh, started an organization called No Hungry Children that goes into the slums of, of Nairobi, Kenya, Africa. And uh, they minister there by feeding the children that live in the slums. And uh, that was a great week as we really kind of focused uh, on what it means to be the light of the world. Uh, as we just sang about. And so we talked about that in week one. And I ask you to pray for Brandon and Kim. Uh, they've got a team over there right now. They're over there with a team right now in Nairobi. Uh, and they don't do that that often. They don't get over there that often just because of the cost. But they're over there right now uh, with a team and trying to establish new partnerships with the schools there in the slums. They feed right now over 1,200 uh, children. And so we are a part of that as an extension of that. In week two, uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about and we kind of focused on Acts 8, the book of Acts in the New Testament of the Bible, Acts 8 through 12, as the church got established and we focused on the fact that God was using the circumstances, sometimes they weren't great circumstances, of those first Christians um, to advance the gospel message. And through their circumstances, through God leveraging those circumstances, but also through those people's willingness to allow God to leverage those circumstances, the message of the gospel continued to advance. And my challenge has been, and my challenge was uh, that day, that we don't stop that in 2014. Uh, that we continue that, that we are people who are on mission and we continue that advancement of the good news message uh, just uh, two weeks ago, we had Roe Kids in. Uh, we have another partner that's uh, based right here out of our area, and that's John and Sue Eve with Roe Kids. It stands for Reaching Our World's Kids. And uh, they minister in several different areas in the Caribbean. Uh, they minister in Jamaica, in Central America, Belize. Uh, and we've taken a trip uh, as a church to Belize, and we have one coming up in 2015. They also minister in Guatemala, and they're starting a ministry also in Kenya. And uh, their purpose is really to educate children. And uh, we talked that week about how we are a hope uh, for the hopeless because of what Christ has done in us. 
Last week, we continued with this message series um, in Acts, taking a survey of the book of Acts, and we looked at chapters 13 all the way through the end of that whole book, and we looked at the fact that these people that called themselves Christ followers in the first century were going out to be missionaries. But we focused on the fact that before they did that, in Acts chapter 13, in verses 1 through 3, um, they were set apart for a while, marinating in God, finding out what his specific mission for them was and how they were supposed to go about accomplishing that. And so God did an amazing thing uh, there that he can do through us if we will be committed before we go out, before we're sent out, that we are set apart and that we rest in God and find out what he wants us to to do and find out what that is. And today we wrap things up with our third uh, global partner, and that is the Navigators. And so Clint and Leanne, I'm so thankful that you guys are here this morning, and uh, thank you guys. Um, this is home for Leanne. She graduated from Hilton Head Island High School. Um, back then, I think it was Hilton Head High School, and now it's Hilton Head Island. They added Island, yeah. So anyway, uh, high school um, just a couple of years ago, and uh, so she, uh, she is uh, from here. Uh, hometown girl, and Clint is uh, from Colorado, uh, from the Denver area originally. Is that right? Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. Awesome. You're a Broncos fan, man? I'm a Broncos fan. All right, yeah. very good. You and Todd Cooper, you're the only ones here that are Broncos fans. <laughs> oh, wow. I got re I got rebuked, didn't I? Totally rebuked. Wow, I mean, who's, okay. Who's not a Broncos fan? I, yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. We're having church now. Okay, so anyway, man, I'm glad that you guys are here, even if you are a Broncos fan. Um, so uh, we wanted to, I wanted you to hear um, their heart for a, a very unique ministry. And the one thing that's unique about um, uh, them here at Georgia State, Clinton Leanne, uh, compared to our other partners that we've talked about, is they are with an international organization called the Navigators. And uh, many of you have heard of the Navigators. They're a fantastic organization. Uh, very solid organization, and I want to begin because some of you haven't heard of the Navigators. Clint, tell us a little bit about NAVS and tell us a little bit about what their mission and maybe their history, where they kind of got started so that we can have a context of what you guys are doing in Atlanta. Yeah, Todd, I love seeing this map of the continents behind us because uh, G God's heart is for the nations, and mm. so the Navigators have really spread all over the world. We're in 140-plus countries around the world. And our, our calling, our, our whole purpose is to advance the gospel mm. of Jesus and his kingdom into the nations through spiritual generations of laborers living and discipling among the lost. Mm. And in, in the early 30s, there's a guy named Dawson Trotman who uh, was a rough, uh, kind of a disaster to society type of guy, truck <laughs> driver. And he got arrested uh, for drinking and a number of other things. And the cop, by the grace of God, was a Christian. And the cop, rather than taking him to jail, took him to a park bench, kind of <laughs> chained him to the park bench, I think, and said, hey, is this the kind of life you want to be living? And Dawson Trotman thought, he, no, this is not what, he did not want to mm. be living this life. So the cop left him there for a couple hours to kind of sober up and think about it. And in that time, Dawson said, Lord, if, if you get me out of this, I'll do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> and, and so the cop encouraged him to go check out a church. Can you imagine that happening today? <laughs> no, uh, it would never happen today. And so yeah, he, he goes to this church group, and in his competitive nature, um, they, were having a, uh, the, they were having a competition mm. to see who could memorize the most Bible verses. Mm. And so he went home, and not a Christian, and he memorized 10 verses on the gospel. Came back the next week, and no one else had memorized any. And so he, these 10 verses just started working in his heart and in yeah. his life. And he ended up receiving Christ. 
And he, he thought, wow, this is am- amazing. I've got to help other people know what this looks like. And so over the next few years, he was living in Los Angeles, and he started pouring his life into some Navy sailors. Mm-hmm. And as those guys would go on their ships, it, it just started to spread. World War II hit, and the gospel started going out through these guys all over the world. And that's, so the term navigators, the organization was born out of that, mm-hmm. helping people navigate spiritually through life. But since then, we've moved on to college campuses, uh, we're in the communities, we're in churches, we're all over the world advancing the gospel. So it started in, in the 1930s with one guy, and God has done an amazing thing. And um, Clint, I, I didn't ask you this last time, but, but um, a college ministry is, is really now, I mean, that's what the Navigator's kind of heartbeat is, isn't that right? I mean, I know you guys do many different things and are involved in many different things, but college ministry is really uh, where God has used the Navigators uh, in, a, in a huge way. In, in today's times, isn't that right? It's probably where it's gotten the most press. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the reasons is from the college campus, you're sending people mm. all over. Mm. And so people that are going to college or, or are in their early 20s mm. are then going into the business world, are going mm. into churches, or um, maybe even in the military at some point. And so a lot of people, our focus in college is to equip people mm. into the later phases of life. Uh, to go all around the world, you know, and so if I could meet a college student who has a heart for missions, mm. could I disciple him and raise him up, help him understand how to walk with Jesus mm. so he could go do something like what Real Kids mm. is doing? That's awesome, man. That's fantastic. And um, Clint, you're a product of the Navigators yourself. Um, t- tell me how you guys both, you can both share about this, how you got involved in the Navigators and um, a, a little bit of your story about meeting each other and that kind of thing. And um, h- how did that happen? God, God did some amazing things. Tell us how that happened there. Yeah, well, I'll start. Um, so as Todd said, I grew up here and went to Hilton Head High School. And then I went to Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And a few years after college, I worked in Rock, in Rock Hill in Charlotte. Um, but I moved to Colorado Springs on kind of a God adventure. Um, I really mm-hmm. felt to, I really felt he was asking me to move to Colorado, and um, when I when I moved out there, I had no job or anything like that. Um, and the Lord led me um, to actually start working at Glen Erie, which is the Navigators' headquarters. It's their retreat and conference center um, there in Colorado Springs. And so um, I uh, started working there in the guest services and became the volunteer coordinator there, and fell in love with the mission of the Navigators. Just really. Uh, saw the heartbeat of the people that were working for the the global mission of the Navigators and just loved it. And um, Clint and I met at Glen Erie, mm. and I'll let him tell you about that a little bit. But that's where, yeah, that's where we met and how I started uh, to become aware and involved with, with the Navigators. I was <coughs> I was a glorified custodian basically at this conference center, and we <laughs> met because I was literally taking out the trash, and uh, that is what I think she fell in love with. She <laughs> thought if he could take out the trash for the rest of my life, we win. Um, and so, and, and are you still now after you know how many years? How many years y'all been married? Seven. Seven. Yeah. You still taking out the trash? I'm still taking All out the right, trash. All right, buddy. Awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. So I was involved with the Navigators in college, uh, and actually I'd come to know Christ as a yeah. freshman. And, uh, you know, if you can imagine a 19-year-old kid who's really only going after partying, uh, really trying to d- do his best to get by in mm. class, w- throwing a lot away, that was, that was me. That was where I was. And my RA in the dorms was a student leader in the Navigators. 
and he saw my life, and he said, Clint, would you be interested in, in reading the Bible with me? And after probably about 20 times turning him down, I finally said, yeah, I'd, I'd check this out. And so we just started reading through the Bible. And I, 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 my mind was blown mm -hmm. at what it really looked like, what the Bible really said having a relationship with God was all about and who Jesus really was. Mm -hmm. And so from then on, I really just fell in love with uh, walking with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus drastically changed my life, and, and I want to help the people around me, and in particular college students, come to know him and have a real relationship with mm -hmm. him. That's amazing, man. And so you guys uh, started out, uh, obviously you met there in uh, Colorado, but uh, you didn't start out in Atlanta. You didn't start out at Georgia State. Where was your first uh, Navigators kind of mission, I guess you could say. Right. Well, Clint um, was involved with the Navigators, as he said, in college and really worked with them at, U at the University of Colorado in Colorado Springs. And I joined him in that as we started uh, to date and everything, really started learning about campus ministry and, and college ministry. And when we decided to join staff, um, they recruited us to move to Albuquerque, New Mexico, <laughs> um, somewhere I never thought I would ever be. Um, and we worked at the University of New Mexico for six years. Um, we did all of our staff training there and, um, yeah, and then uh, went on to direct the campus work there for a few years at the end. So mm, That's great. So, so New Mexico is really your first full-time, you know, together as a couple. Uh, and, and we were praying uh, for them at that time. Uh, we were uh, lifting them up and, and supporting them at New Mexico. But then um, uh, God began to do something in your life and with the Navigators. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so <clears throat> about three or four years ago, the, our organization started to see that, uh, especially in the college realm, where, where are most college campuses, mm -hmm. dominant college campuses? They're in smaller college towns. Mm -hmm. But the majority of college students around our country are in the cities. Yeah. And so there are so many students in the cities, like Atlanta. Atlanta has over 150,000 college students incredible? Uh, among 13 universities and colleges. 150,000 college students in, in the Atlanta area. That's yeah, incredible. it's amazing. Incredible. And so we didn't have much work in mm -hmm. the cities. We've been on other larger traditional campuses. And so our organization said, we want mm -hmm. to send people into the cities. Mm -hmm. Would you guys consider it? Would you consider Atlanta? And uh, it totally threw us off. We were not expecting that. And so we processed through it, came out and visited, and, and really fell in love with it and decided Georgia State was where we wanted to be because it's in the heart of downtown Atlanta, and there's so much potential to reach the city and the nations mm. through the university. Mm, that's awesome, man. So you guys chose Georgia State. At the time, Navigators was doing kind of a new work or a renewed work in the city of Atlanta, and you had your choice of a couple different colleges, and you chose Georgia State. Now, I grew up in Atlanta. When I was growing up in Atlanta, Georgia State was largely a commuter school, but that's changed over, over time. And uh, there's campus life there now. There's on-campus students. Um, tell us a little bit about the culture uh, there at Georgia State and, uh, and, and what goes on there on a daily basis and how you guys are engaging students. Yeah, Todd, picture being in, in the heart of downtown Atlanta where you have on the south side the Capitol and the government district. And so one side you have what's called Five Points, which is really kind of a rough part of mm -hmm, town. It it's the hub of urban transit, the MARTA system. You've got, the, um, you've got Grady Hospital, which is the number one trauma hospital mm -hmm. in the state uh, right there. And you've got the business district. Mm -hmm. And right in the middle of, of that is Georgia State. And so you have students walk into class, and it's not uncommon for them to step over a homeless person, someone on the mm. streets. It's not uncommon for them to walk shoulder to shoulder with a Fortune 500 CEO. 
or CFO. It's not uncommon for them to be walking through people taking pictures. Uh, maybe there's a movie being filmed down there. So it's a really unique, diverse place. Mm. There's 32,000 students there, mm. 24,000 undergrads, and about 5,000 are living down there in, in the dorms, in apartments, um, trying to do their undergrad work. Wow. And how do you guys engage with the students? Tell us a little bit about how that process happens and, and how you train your staff to do this and that kind of thing. Yeah, we're so blessed. We have five staff with us that are interns and we're training right now. And when we got there, we didn't know a single person. We didn't know anyone at Georgia State. And so we said through a lot of prayer, Lord, how are we going to meet people? Mm. What's going to be the door opener? And so we just started walking the campus and engaging with students in conversations. Mm. And uh, we, we really came, we narrowed it down to a, a method that we found hugely fruitful. So we'd interact with a student, we'd engage them on the street, and we'd say, hey, I'd say, hey, I'm, my name's Clint, and I'm starting a new campus group here at Georgia State. I'm interested in your story. Where are you coming from? What's your faith background? What's your religious background? And students would just open up. They would say, oh, yeah, I have a story. I'd love to share it. And so we, uh, we would hear their story, and I'd ask, how interested are you in pursuing your faith mm. in college? <laughs> now, the majority of students at Georgia State, they've grown up here in the South. They, most of them grew up in a church, uh, but very few of them really understand the gospel. Very few of them have any kind of relationship with God. They don't want to have anything to do with the church even. Mm. And so these students, seeing us engage with them in a real way, interested in getting to know them, they really started to open up and open doors for us to share the gospel with students mm. and to get to know them you know, on their turf, in their on their grounds. And through that, God opened doors for us to really start an incredible work in the dorms, in the student center on the campus, across the board. We, um, we had a series uh, a couple months ago that really ties in. In fact, you shared, you taught uh, one of those messages, uh, and we called it, uh, What's Your Story? And I love the fact that that's the question they're asking. Because, listen, we can ask that question uh, in our, the normal course of, of life with the people that we know, people we work with, students, uh, fellow students, uh, our family members. It's a great way to engage. And I love how you ask that, Clint. Uh, are you interested in pursuing, I think is the way you said, what, what does it look like to pursue your faith? And one of the things you mentioned in the last message was that there's a huge difference in what they view as religion and what we do, and, and um, tell me a little bit about that. Kind of their first response to religion is largely different. Tell, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, a lot of students, their context of, of church, unfortunately, is often uh, based on what they do, mm -hmm. performance, and uh, they, they don't really understand what the Bible is really coming at. And mm -hmm. so, so we are, part of our method is we've really prayed, Lord, would you allow us to meet, would you give us interactions with students who do get it, who are Christians, who are walking with you, mm -hmm. and that we could walk alongside them and help their faith grow, mm. and at the same time, meet, lead us to students who don't know you yet, but are hungry, that are seeking, that have s maybe a point of reference to religion, mm. and so that we could help them understand what a real, real relationship with Jesus mm. is, right. and, and how to walk with him, and one of the verses that's driven this for us is Colossians 2, 6, and 7, it says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, mm -hmm. abounding with thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And we view, I mean, we've, we've been called to make disciples. And we view one of the, f the first processes in discipleship is evangelism, mm -hmm. helping people receive Jesus. And so we're out trying to help these college students receive Jesus first, but then not just 
having it in there. We don't want, we don't want these kids run, getting to first base and thinking, oh, this is the end. Hmm. We want them taking the trip all the way around and looking at w- what is a disciple, really? What does it look like to reproduce my life? Hmm. And that's where we come in. We want to walk with them and help them become established so that their life would overflow. Hmm. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Now, um, in, in terms of evangelism, I, I know there's success and there's failures. Um, and we experienced that as a church when we, when we did this whole series on Share Your Story. Um, some of you responded to me and told me about some successes, and you also told me about some failures. And that's how that goes. Um, tell us a little bit about the experience that you guys have had early on, because you're just about a year and a half into this new yeah. ministry in Atlanta. Uh, tell us uh, just how it's gone, some successes, and maybe even some struggles you've had. Well, I mean, as we've gone out and just met students, you know, we, we've probably only had uh, 10 or 20 percent really interested mm-hmm. in engaging with, engaging with us. But one of the things that we've really loved and has been hugely fruitful is uh, we've met a few students. And, and one example is last year I met a guy named Michael and a guy named Chris, freshman guys out in front of their dorm. And I, and I just inter- engaged with them like I just explained. And I said, hey, guys. I see you love Jesus. You have a relationship with Jesus. I'm looking for a couple of guys who would help me start an investigative Bible discussion in this dorm. Do you know anyone that would help me with that? And they kind of look at each other, knowing I'm talking to them. And they say, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. They had no idea what I was asking them to do. (laughs) But uh, they got really fired up. And so we kind of walked through what it would look like. I said, guys, I'll buy pizza. You invite (laughs) your friends. And so I show up. We do it Thursday night, 9 p.m., which is often when Leanne's going to bed. I'm starting off in the dorm. <laughs> and uh, I show up at 9 p.m., and I, and I have three large pizzas. And they look at me, and they go, where's the pizza? I say, what do you mean, where's the pizza? I have three pizzas. They said, we, we made flyers and invited everyone in the dorm. There's 650 people in this dorm. <laughs> oh, gosh. I said, you did what? <laughs> they said, yeah, we made flyers. I said, well, we'll see what happens. And we walk in, and, and they had flyers <laughs> up. Wow. And... Uh, and we had, we had like four people show up. And so they were <laughs> devastated. I was excited because there were four people yeah, that showed up. Sure. And, and so uh, I've done this before. I, just, I know how this works. And, uh, and so I said, guys, let's keep going after these mm. people. And so we, we had an incredible discussion. Mm. It was all just Q&A, question and answer mm. thing. And so uh, to get a free piece of pizza, they have to ask a question. It has That's to do awesome. with Jesus or the Bible or God or something. And so these kids, these guys just start opening up, and they're hungry, and they're asking mm. questions. And, and we finish up. We, we walk out of their dorm room, and we kind of interact with some people that are around. And, and all these people are like, oh, oh, yeah, I heard about that. Are you guys doing that again next week? And we're like, yeah, we'll be doing this every Thursday night. And so within about three or four weeks, it, it was kind of like the story when Jesus enters his home, and so many people are coming that they, they can't, these guys can't get in the door, and they, they're trying to bring their friend who's a paraplegic in. And so they start ripping the roof off, right? And they lower them in. And uh, within a few weeks, we had this image because we're talking about Jesus. And these kids are just filling up the rooms. And we had 18 to 20 college students filling up a dorm room. It's incredible. And the beautiful thing is uh, this was just one. We had started four or five of these throughout all the dorms. And so we had students really starting to receive Christ through mm. these investigative Bible discussions. So we had, we had about a dozen students receive Christ last year That's doing awesome. that. And that a lot of them church? came That's here. That's awesome. A lot That's of them came awesome. here at spring break. Some of them came here at spring break. They were here back in, uh, I believe it was April, March. And, um, man, that is awesome that, that, that God has used 
um, those investigative Bible studies, um, and pizza, of course, because uh, the way to a college heart is through, through their stomach. Their stomach, absolutely. So um, it's just amazing what God is doing um, there in downtown Atlanta uh, through the work of the Navigators. Um, tell, tell me, you know, what, what is the ultimate goal of uh, the Navigators? Like, you, you have a guy like Chris and Mike come in. Um, you know, what's, what's the ultimate goal? I mean, yeah, you want them to ask questions about their faith, but that's not the end game for you. What's the outcome that you guys ultimately want to see? We lo- we're looking at this, and I'm thinking <clears throat> 40 years from now, what's their life going to look like? Mm. 50 years from now, what's their life going to look like? And so we're looking at the college campus as an opportunity to really impact the city, impact just society, impact culture. Because we, we see these students, they're going to be future business leaders. They're going to be future professionals. They're going to be uh, leading families. And they're going to be involved in churches. And so if we can really help students know what it looks like to walk with Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus, know him, and then make him known where they are in their spheres of influence, that's what we're after. So we want to see students walking with Jesus 40 years from now, helping the people around them do the same thing. One of the verses that drives this for us is 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. And it says, uh, Paul is writing this to Timothy. He says, you then, my son, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will be qualified to teach others also. And I love this because there's four generations. Paul passes it on to Timothy, who he met as a young believer. Mm. He helps Timothy grow up. And Timothy then starts passing it on to the next generation who's qualified to pass it on to the next generation. So I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking these guys like Michael and Chris and a number of these other kids, what does it look like for them to have a fourth generation after Mm. them? Mm. That they're pouring their life into someone else, passing on the things they've learned. So generations down the road, we see spiritual generations of people who are laboring. Mm. That's awesome. And, uh, like, get that picture for a moment. That's what we've been talking about. That's the advancement of the gospel message. That it doesn't just stop with you or or with me. You know, I have my grandmother to thank. You have uh, an RA in a dorm. Uh, to thank, and and there's someone. If you're a Christ follower in here, there's someone that you have to thank. Um, who is going to thank you? You know, that's the question, and and that's the advancement. That's keeping the ball go- going um, in terms of this gospel message uh, continuing uh, for generations. And now, now t- tell tell me this, Clint. Um, we as a church support you guys financially each and every month. Um, we pray for you. We pray that God would protect you. And we're going to pray in, in, here in a few minutes. Um, but how can we get more involved? Like beyond praying, uh, although that's important, and beyond financially supporting, although that's important because you guys rely on that. And, and not just your income, but your ministry relies on that too. And, uh, and, and we're a big part of that for you guys. But how can we help you guys in that advancement there at Georgia State? Of the gospel message. Yeah, I mean, first of all, we're so thankful. We're so blessed to have uh, Hilton Head Island Community Church partner with us. You know, it allows us to scholarship students to go to conferences, to buy pizza for investigative Bible discussions, to really be on campus and engage life on life with these guys. Mm. One of the things that we need, um, and it really comes back to something Jesus said in, in Matthew 9. He said, the harvest is plentiful, mm. but the laborers are few. The people, the common workers that will They'll go, yeah. to get you know, get up on their feet, use their hands, and go. They're few. 
And so we're praying that as we raise up our students to be laborers and our, our staff team is laboring, that we would also have people from the community, people from this church would want to come alongside us. Mm. And so we're specifically looking at um, every fall is kind of our key time of the year where we're just starting off recruiting, mm. meeting people, building relationships. A lot of what we do involves food. We gave away hundreds of Krispy Kreme donuts and hundreds of bowls of Bluebell ice cream There's last year. There's a theme, year. man. There's a theme. <laughs> That's right. And, and God gave us incredible favor with a lot mm. of people. We had, yeah. we had hundreds of conversations with people through that. And, uh, and so we're looking for people that will come to Atlanta and, and help us maybe prepare some meals or help us go out on campus and meet with students and engage with students or help hand out um, some surveys. We do different surveys and things. We're looking for people that will come and labor with us. Yeah. We, we call them global partners. And I know for some of you, it may seem kind of odd, like another four and a half hours up the road, five hours up the road. Uh, here in our country, but um, we really kind of uh, use, uh, you know, that global word uh, to mean anything outside of our local area. So we have some local partners, and then we have global partners. And um, for some of you, I realize getting on a plane and going to uh, Belize or, or going to Kenya, Africa, uh, or, you know, going somewhere around the world may seem a, a little bit intimidating, it may, may be a little bit much, uh, it, it might cost too much. Um, but you have the opportunity uh, to do that just by getting in your car and, and driving up to Atlanta, Georgia, and being a part of that. And so we are talking about doing a, uh, doing a trip to Georgia State to help these guys out, to help Clinton Leanne out next August, late in the summer. Uh, we don't know the time or days yet, and we don't know the length yet, just because there's a lot to be determined about their schedule and ours. And, um, but I want to encourage you, if you're here today, and you would be interested in helping out, um, helping them out, helping engage some of these college students and be a part of some of the things that they're doing on the back end uh, there at Georgia State. You can have a huge impact for the kingdom just by spending a couple days uh, up there on a college campus. And so I want to encourage you today to go back to their table. They've got a table back there, and um, there's a sign-up sheet that uh, is there for more information about our trip next August, okay? We'll keep you on the list. Uh, when we have some dates set, we'll let you know about that. Uh, we'll let you make decisions about that, and then we'll have meetings about that. But you can also go back there to uh, sign up for their newsletter to get more information about what Clinton Leanne are doing there at Georgia State and um, to be a part of what they're doing. And uh, so I know that you're going to be back there. I think you have some books also that you're Yeah, yeah, we've got, we've got a lot of stuff back there. We'd just love to meet you. Uh, we'd love to have a conversation. If you guys want to come up, ask us questions, um, we'd, lo we'd love to interact with you. Great, fantastic. Now, um, Leanne, tell me a little bit about your family because it's not just the two of you anymore uh, after seven years. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family and how you guys are adjusting to life in urban Atlanta. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, we have two little girls. Um, one is Haley Grace, and she's three and a half, and she loves the college students and <laughs> the staff. She thinks that she is uh, big stuff when they're all around. <laughs> um, we have five intern staff that are working with us. Um, anybody that comes through the Navigators and is going to be on a collegiate staff uh, starts with a program called EdgeCore, and it's a two-year internship where uh, right out of college they come and, and serve with us. So we have two guys and three girls on staff with us. And my primary involvement is to train and disciple the three staff women. Um, so we meet weekly um, for that. And, uh, you know, I just help them with uh, praying through um, the, the students that they're meeting with, helping, think, helping them to think through how to train them and 
pass on this vision to them. Um, and so we just love having the students um, and the staff in our home. Um, yeah, Haley Grace loves that. And our other daughter, Abigail, is 11 months. And she's a little more cautious, but she's, <laughs> she's getting there. But she's, um, yeah, wh what we really love is to have them around our girls. It's one of our favorite things to see when students are over for a Bible study or the staff is meeting in our home. Um, to see our girl, our Haley Grace, run and grab her Bible and join, mm, join with that. Awesome. And it's really neat that's for them cool. to see this picture um, of giving your life away and, and wanting uh, to have people around and to be learning about Jesus and talking about Jesus. So that's mm. been really fun. Um, we are really blessed. We just bought our first home. That's great. Congratulations. Um, this summer, which was really, really fun. And we're living in a great neighborhood, a really diverse neighborhood, which is what we were really hoping for. Um, I have a huge heart for neighborhood ministry, mm. so we're really trying to get to know our neighbors and reach out to them as well. Um, so, yeah, just our family is really involved in, in uh, all aspects of it. So, How can we as a church be praying for you guys? How can we be praying for your family and your ministry? Yeah, um, I'll share a couple fa uh, family ones. Um, one thing I think is... Um, just for protection for us, um, we want to protect our kids. We want to protect our marriage so that we reflect um, what family is supposed to be and Jesus well to students and staff and the watching world around us. Um, and so when, when we're in vocational ministry, there's a lot of people. There's a lot going on for us. Um, everybody has that. So we're just are really praying to be uh, prioritizing well um, and to putting our family first um, and to really let that be a light to show um, the world around us. And I think the other thing um, that just comes to my mind as uh, as far as the ministry goes is just to continually be seeking Jesus. Mm. Um, there's so many details and, and there's a lot of pressure to think, oh, success or failure or numbers or all these different things. But just to continually, um, as Clint is leading our team and leading us to have a heart that will be seeking him um, and that will be really, um, yeah, looking to him first, seeking him first mm. and uh, trusting him with results and mm. stuff. So. That's great. That's great. Well, here's what I'd like to do today. I'd like for us as a church to stand and, um, and I'd like for you to reach out your hand in support of them. And uh, I'm going to lay my hands on them and let's pray for them as a church. Would you join me this morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church? Even if you're not a part of our church, I'd love for you to be praying for Clint and Leanne and get to know them and uh, go back in the back and visit their table. But would you join me in a word of prayer um, as we kind of send them uh, in, in a way uh, back to Atlanta to do God's work? So would you join me in a word of prayer this morning? You can reach out your hand in support of them this morning. Father God, thank you so much for Clint and Leanne, God. And I thank you for the work that you've done um, in Albuquerque and uh, now at Georgia State in Atlanta. And uh, God, I just pray for them. Um, as Leanne requested, I just pray for your protection. God, in the strong name of Jesus, I pray that you would protect this couple from the evil one. God, I pray that you would protect their marriage. God, I pray that you would protect them physically from the evil one. God, I pray that you would uh, protect their kids. God, I pray that you would protect Haley Grace and Abigail from the evil one. God, um, I pray also that you would just allow them um, just to uh, trust you, God. And uh, Father, I pray that in, in just in their own personal life, God, that you would make yourself known to them. And um, God, I pray in their ministry that they would make the world, um, the, the world known about you, God. And I just pray that you would go before them in, uh, at Georgia State with the Bible studies, the investigative studies, God, with some of these students, with many of these students, 
God, um, and even the neighborhood Bible studies, that, uh, neighborhood ministry that Leanne wants to do, God, I just pray that you would go before them. God, I pray that you would meet every financial need. I pray that you would meet all of their physical needs. Uh, God, I pray that they would lean and trust on you. And God, I pray that everything that they do would honor and glorify you. And God, we are honored as a church. We're, we're proud in a good way as a church to be a part of what they're doing. And I pray your abundant blessings on their ministry and on their family and on their marriage. And God, we as a church support them and we love them and we give them to you. And God, I pray all of this in the strong and the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen. Why don't you give it up for Clint and Leanne today? Thank you guys so much. Thanks, guys. Y'all can have a seat just for a few more minutes. You know, it's interesting as we draw this whole series to a close, um, my kids yesterday were, uh, uh, or on Friday, they were playing Jenga. And uh, they love playing Jenga, and you know, there's a thousand different Jenga puzzle games. And so they were putting this puzzle together uh, before it was bedtime. Truth be told, it was after bedtime, and they were still doing it. So, um, but it got me thinking that um, over the course of these last few months, um, at Hilton Head Island Community Church, we've had several different pieces uh, to a puzzle. And I wanted to point this out as we draw things to a close today. Uh, a few months back, as we mentioned, um, Clint and, and I uh, spoke on what it means to, to share your faith. And we talked about personal evangelism with the series called Share Your Story, or What's Your Story? And so we talked about what it means to share your story. And so that was kind of one piece of the puzzle. And then we kind of moved on into uh, a, a series really about our church and how our mission, which is to passionately share the message of Jesus Christ and to lead people to follow him, which is so similar to what the navigators are doing. It's evangelism and discipleship. And we talked about all in and what it means to be all in and what the environments are that we are going to accomplish that. And we talked about the, the worship environment and the growth environment and the serving environment and the playing environment that we uh, are a part of. And then this series, the whole purpose was to widen your lens. And if you really think about all of these things together, it really points to this idea that this is the time and this is the place for those of you who are here, a part of Hilton Head Island Community Church, who call yourselves Christ followers. This is your time. This is your place. And that verse that Clint shared earlier from 2 Timothy, uh, I want you to see this on the screen today. Uh, it's a little bit different version than, than he read and memorized, but take a look at verse 2 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is Paul speaking, and he's speaking as Clint talked about to his protege. The, the guy that he poured into, his name was Timothy, and he says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And when I read that in light of what we've talked about over these past few weeks, in light of Paul uh, going out on these missionary journeys, which by the way, Timothy was by his side on a couple of those times, uh, thinking about those first Christians who were so bold, who shared their faith, who were courageous and without fear because they trusted so much in God. And Paul is writing this letter of encouragement and challenge to his protege, a guy that he treated like his son named Timothy. And you know what I think he's saying there to Timothy? I think he's saying, it's your turn. It's your time. This is your place. It's time now for you to get out there and repeat the cycle that I've started 
in you. In Hilton Head Island Community Church, I think that message is true for you and for me. It's our time. It's our turn. It's our opportunity now to go share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We learn how to do it personally. We learn how, how it fits into the mission of our church. Now we've looked at it from a global perspective. Now it's time for us to get out there and to do it. And I want to encourage you with that today. I want to encourage you that it's your turn. It's your time. I've thought recently, if, you know, if not us, then who? And, you know, if not now, then when? When will we and who will go if we don't do it when God calls us to do it? You know, we live in a county that, uh, by all estimations, is 9% churched. That means of the total population of full-time residents, 9% of people in our community are unchurched. That means they don't have a church home. Well, that means many of them probably don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And so it's not just over there. It's not just in Atlanta. It's not just in Kenya. It's not just in Guatemala and Belize. It's also here, and it starts right here. It starts in our neighborhoods, and then it spreads to the ends of the earth. So Hilton Head Island Community Church, it's our turn. It's our turn to be reaching out with this message and advancing that gospel message. So let's not let it end with us. Let it continue with us. Father God, thank you so much for the love that you showed us by sending your son Jesus to die on a cross so that we could have eternal life one day. And God, I thank you that you loved me so much that you sent Jesus to die for me and for my sins and my failures. And God, I pray for those who may be in here in this room today who maybe they don't know you as their Savior. And God, I pray right now, just in the quietness of this moment, that you would speak to them. If you're here today and um, maybe there have been moments where you've been in church or you've been talking to a friend or you've had someone approach you and they've talked about Jesus and they've talked about their faith, and they ask you the question, what do you want to do with it? And you've never responded, or maybe you've responded negatively, but if something's different today, maybe something's been different over these past few weeks. And maybe today, something just clicked. Maybe today it's your day to say, yes, I believe in that message. Yes, I believe that God sent Jesus to die for me so that I can spend eternity with he in heaven with God one day. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, I just want to invite you to do that. I want to challenge you to do that right now. Jesus said all you have to do is to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you will be saved. And so right now, just in the quietness of this place with the guitar playing, if you've never put your faith in Him, I'm just going to ask you to quietly, silently in your heart, say a prayer that I'm going to pray out loud. Um, there's nothing magical about the words. This is just simply your heart's intent. It's a prayer that goes like this. God, thanks for making me. Thank you for loving me enough that you sent Jesus to die for me. Even in my failure, even in my weakness, even in my sin, you died for me. And today, I accept you, Jesus, as my Savior. 
presence. And if you prayed that prayer just in the quietness of this place with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you to slip up your hand so I can pray for you. Just put your hand up for just a moment so I can pray for you. Anyone in here pray that prayer along with me? Father God, I thank you for those probably about a dozen people over the last few weeks who have said yes to you. God, that's why we do what we do as a church. That's our mission, to passionately share that message. And God, I thank you for those who have said yes to you in this room, in this building, and in our student building. God, I thank you so much for those who have said yes. But God, I pray for those of us who are Christ followers. God, I pray that you would help us to be bold. God, to be strong, to have courage in our faith walk, to be able to share that message to our friends and our fellow students and our coworkers. And God, remember these words that you spoke that we began with at the beginning of this message series from Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. That's us. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your in heaven and father today we recognize that you are the light but you have called us to be that light here on earth for those who are in darkness help us to solidly confidently hang on to the fact that you are god and you loved us enough that you gave jesus your son and to be confident and solid and anchored enough into your word that we declare that message and we advance that gospel and that we are truly the light of the world give us the ability to do that and god we will give you all the honor and all the glory in jesus name i pray